Welcome back to the Kerygma Ventures podcast. This week, we head back to the ranch to have a conversation with Dudley about something we all have to face, realizing that some beliefs we thought were biblically based are really more influenced by culture and not rooted in scripture. The word challenges us to be diligent and to thoughtfully examine our beliefs. In today's episode, we dive into what that means for our lives. A common conversation I have with other men my age or other young families, like young married couples my age is, um, man, we've learned X, Y, and Z from our parents or from our grandparents or other, um, other families a generation older than us. And I think partly because we seem to be in, we're still in the information age, I think, where we're just, we have access to a lot of information and right. it comes at us fast. There's, <clears throat> there's, you've got people that are deconstructing their faith or they're deconstructing how they grew up. <clears throat> and maybe there's a place for that. Maybe some of that's helpful or healthy, but I'm not really talking about deconstructing as much as I am being a learner and being somebody who's wanting to say, yeah, this way of doing it was good. This way of doing it was bad. I want to take the good and carry that on to the next generation and yeah. kind of leave behind the bad. And then you also got to recognize, at least I have to recognize that my children are going to be doing the same thing. Hopefully they're yeah. going to be saying, man, dad did this really well. Or we saw other families when we were kids doing this really well. And it was pretty common. And maybe, maybe we don't want to do it that way whenever we get older. Mm. And so my conversations I've had with people on this topic, uh, I've not really gotten into the, okay, what is an absolute biblical issue where, where the way of Jesus made it really clear for a young family, you need to operate this way. So what are the, wh- where would we say, yes, th- these are the, you don't, you know, no questions asked. This is how you do it according to God. Mm. And what are things that we have believed for years were biblical and these were, this was the way of God that we can survey now and say, uh, actually, I think that was just the way of James Dobson. <laughs> and, and it's not actually biblical or, yeah. um, and, and I'm not saying that every single thing you do with your kid or don't do with your kid, there has to be a Bible verse connected to that. But um, I, I guess if I'm learning anything into my 30s now is that there's a lot of things I've believed were the way of God or the way of Jesus or the way of the Bible that I'm like, man, I wonder if that was just a cultural thing. Like we did it that way in Texas. Mm-hmm but they don't do it that way in yeah. Germany in a Christian family there who loves and celebrates Jesus. Does that make sense? Yeah. So have you given much thought to that now? Now you've got grandkids now. You've got adult children or you know, your, your son and daughter are grown. They've got kids. So you've got a couple generations now that you can look back on and see, uh, man, I'd have, I'd have left that behind if I'd have been thinking different. Yeah. Yeah, well... <laughs> I look back at my own, own life, and my grandfather had 13 kids. So I had no idea. I don't remember. I didn't know that. Yeah, so my father was one of 13. Okay. My grandfather, uh, my grandmother died early when I was like six years old or earlier, mm-hmm. actually. And I don't remember her much. Mm-hmm. So my grandfather and I became best buddies. Okay, yeah. Because he lived just a quarter of a mile down the road. Mm-hmm. Well, he was tough. 
Yeah. He was tough on his kids. Sure. He wasn't tough on me. Yeah. I just knew not to mess with him. Yeah. But uh, I, he and I, sitting on the front porch, talked about that. So I was mm -hmm. like, I would ask him, Granddaddy, if you had to do over, would you raise your kids the same way? Mm -hmm. You know, he'd go, oh, no, son. I made a lot of mistakes. But he, he ruled with an iron hand. Yeah. And his whole deal was, as long as you're in my house, you're under my rule. Yeah. And, and he was sometimes very arbitrary. Sure. Well, my dad uh, loosened up a little bit, mm -hmm. but he was a little bit that way. And so every generation is is learning from the other generation yep. things that are cultural as well as biblical. Yep. And of course, my my family was you know they were Christian. Mm -hmm. Uh, at least they went to church. Mm -hmm. And so they they wanted to do everything biblically. Yeah. So they it's like, yeah, I'm gonna raise this kid up in the way he should go, and when he's old he won't depart from it. Mm -hmm. But that way he should go mostly came from the way your dad did you yes. and yes. the way they're doing it at the church. And and we don't need to discount that because sure. the way God designed the brain is that the way you decide what you do is does that coincide with my people? Mm. So your brain knows <laughs> what your brain knows. You are by design a social person, mm -hmm. which means what your people think matter to you. Yeah. That, that's why peer pressure, gangs, what the whole thing works. Sure. So as you grow up, you, you, you pick up my people's values. Yep. So that means your mom, your dad, your uncles, your aunts, you know. And in my case, since I grew up in the country and went to a little Baptist church, those were my people sure. too. Mm -hmm. And everybody raised their kids basically the same way. Yeah, right. And I think what happens as we come along, as, as we move along, is we understand more and more the power of unconditional love and the power of grace more than depending on law to make our kids good. Okay. See the one thing. Talk to me about that. Okay, so, so my mom was a master psychologist. You know, she she could manipulate <laughs> you really, really well. Yeah, <laughs> you know, she knew how to push the right buttons. And uh, <clears throat> so, I'm not blaming blaming her, but from her generation, it was I want you to be a good boy. Mm -hmm. So from that, I began to assume that God wanted me to be a good boy. Yeah. Right. And a good boy is one who acts right. Right. No matter what's going on in his heart. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and you know you weren't the only one that was raised like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. not talking about just me. I mean, I, yeah. practically everyone I know that was yeah. the Be a good boy. Be a good boy. Mm -hmm. And my people valued good boys better than they valued independent thinkers, you know, bad boys. Okay. In other words... I got more benefit out of being a good boy because my parents liked it. Sure. My uncles liked yeah, it. Yeah. People at church liked, liked it. it. My mm -hmm. coach liked it at school. My teachers liked yep. it at school. So why not be a good boy? You got all this affirmation yeah. stuff coming. And the bad boys, only a few people liked them, and that was their buddies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so they got drunk and they did bad things. Right. Well, I didn't, but I sure would have liked to try it one time. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, <clears throat> so I, I think... You know, growing up to wanting to be a good boy, 
uh, I, you know, God works it all out because eventually I realized I couldn't be a good boy. Mm-hmm. And it started getting through to me that Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Mm-hmm. I wasn't loving him. I was just keeping his commandments to keep from making somebody mad. Mm-hmm. So behavior was my issue, not my heart. Yeah. So the real challenge for you and Corinne or anybody, me and my grandkids, how do I, how do I parent the heart? Yeah. Knowing that there is some need in there for law to be there, principles, rules, whatever, because it's the law that exposes mm-hmm. the inability of the heart to do things. Yep. And so un- unless somebody's got some concept of being a good boy, whatever that means, mm-hmm. of, of having law, if, if they don't have some exposure to it, they never realize how inadequate they are. Yeah. yeah. And so they never are quali- they're never a candidate for grace mm-hmm. and mercy and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And, and so... Uh, what I've tried to do with the grandkids, of course, this is the benefit of a grandparent over a parent, because parents, it's kind of your reputation rides on these kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, grandparents, it's like if they mess up, it's their problem. Yeah. Kids, it's it's my kids' problem. Sure. <clears throat> we we joke about that. That that's not really really true. But there. Yeah, is, but you relate to your grandkid differently than how you did your kid. Yeah. I have, so to interject real quick, I have heard someone say, I don't know if this is, this is, I haven't like thoroughly uh, thought this through, but I've heard people say that it's actually more, it's actually healthier the way a grandparent relates to their grandchild than the way most parents relate to their Mm. kid. Like that is actually more in line with, like that's going to produce more flourishing long-term for that kid than the way we rule with an iron fist as parents. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Generally, Mm -hmm. I do. But there are certain things that parents have to put in place in order to have an orderly house. Sure, sure. You know, where grandparents are not going to get on to you for not picking up your clothes. Right, right, yes. And mom has to. Totally agree with that. And mom's got to say, no, you eat breakfast. That's right, that's right. Whereas the grandparents don't have to. But generally speaking... I would say that is true because your reputation is not riding on it, mm-hmm. and you're able to just love yep. and and guide and, and let and let their heart mm-hmm. be exposed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rather than trying to control them. So, a topic that's been—I I didn't intend for this to turn into like a parenting conversation. I, I wanted to talk more about the generation to generation stuff, but. One thing that has come up also in conversation is this idea of immediate obedience and that being the demand in the parent-child relationship is that we, we demand immediate obedience regardless of whether your heart is in it or not. So a little further explored would be, um, I mean, it's true to say there are sometimes you got to do things you don't want to do. Yeah. And that's just part of life. But it this idea when I heard it was trying to explore in a, in a way what Jesus would preach and proclaim toward when he's rebuking the Pharisees is like, y'all do all this stuff, but your heart isn't, your heart isn't turned toward the father. Yeah. Your heart isn't turned toward God. You're, it's just empty deeds. And that related back to parenting was an interesting thing and has been an interesting thing for me to try to flesh out. Like, 
Um, Am I after immediate obedience, immediate mindless obedience, just do it because I said to do it or else? Or am I after, um, I don't know how it works because I, I, we're trying to figure it out, but am I in it for the long game of like, when you do what I ask you to do or tell you to do as a parent, I want it to be born out of your interest in, like I want it to be born out of love and a transformed heart, yeah. like where you, you do the right thing, not because it's the right thing. You do it because your heart's been changed. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, but there are two sides of that whole deal. Like, you know, I remember having the conversation with my kids. It's like, look, I'm not always right, mm-hmm. but I'm always your dad. Mm-hmm. And I'm always responsible to God for your protection mm-hmm. and for your flourishing. Yeah. So I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to make some mistakes, but I'm going to do the best I can. Mm-hmm. But I'm older than you. My brain is a little bit more developed than yeah. yours. And I've had some more experiences. Mm-hmm. And I love you more than you love yourself. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I want you to just know that yeah. as a kid. Now, there are certain things that I need you to be instant in obedience. I want you to learn to be instant because yeah. I would use this illustration. You're out playing in the in the street. Sure. You're having so much fun. Yeah. And I look up. You don't see it, but I look up, and here comes a car, <laughs> sixty miles an hour. Yeah. And I say, get out of the street. I don't need you to stand up and go. Why? Right. right. I need immediate obedience. I need immediate <laughs> obedience. Otherwise, you're dead. That's right. And then I'm a bad. So you need to learn to trust me that if I tell you something, mm-hmm. you obey. Mm-hmm. But then I'd always try, at least as I got a little older, but which did it pretty young, later you always have a right to come back and appeal mm-hmm. and say, why? Yeah, yeah, yep. And, because then you're cultivating their ability to think. Yes, yeah, right. And reason, yeah. And you can say, why did you ask me to do that? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I would say, you know, sometimes if, if it's not something where, where it has to be immediate, you can appeal even at the time. Now, I may not grant you appeal, but you can appeal. Yeah. And so they would say, okay, can we discuss that? <laughs> yeah. And if it, if it was a need, you know, I would say, yeah, what's your, what's your yeah. objection? Yeah. Other times it's like, no, we can't discuss mm-hmm. it because that's the right answer. Yeah, yeah. I've comparably, I've tried to get in the rhythm with my son of when I give him a directive to, like like you did, um, I want him to be trained and thinking that dad dad knows more than me. He knows yeah. the best, um, and he ultimately wants my good and my flourishing. So when dad gives me a directive, the response is the helpful response is yes, dad. And if you're if you're confused about it or concerned about it, what what you say is yes, dad. I've got a question, yeah. <laughs> and you you're welcome to bring that up because I don't. Like I said, I don't want him to get in the habit of not being a thinker and not being right. evaluative or analytical. I think he's got some giftings in that area. Of course, we all think our kids are gifted in every area, but <laughs> he is an analytical person, and I don't want to squash that. Um, right. I, I want to see that that um, gifting, is it, if it is that, that it grows and flourishes yeah. appropriately. Um, and like you've said before, if you... If you have all this analytical ability and um, you know you're, you like to question things, 
that's great, but if it's not submitted to a final authority, yeah. then it then it's unruly and it's out of balance. And of course, in the fully developed form, that's we're submitting to God's authority and yeah. who He is. And we we want to know that, yeah, your analytical ability can flourish, but it really flourishes best when it's submitted to uh, the final word, and that being you know God's. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So I think as long as we keep in mind that uh, I am God's delegated human instrument here, but he mm-hmm. is the ultimate authority. Mm-hmm. And I try to keep conveying to the kid, hey, I'm just trying to do what God told me yeah. to do. I, I'm the intermediary, yeah. intermediary, whatever that word is. Yeah. I'm the one who's, who's conveying to you what God wants for you. And then, you know, try to help the kid to understand, look, you're loving me more than you think. Yeah. You know, you like to run up and go, oh, daddy, I love you, and put your arm around me. That's one expression of love. Yeah. Another expression of love is you trust me. Mm-hmm. So whether you wanted to do it or not, you did it. Yeah. Because you you know that I I might know what's best. Sure, yeah. So that's loving me. Yeah, that's good. And so when you obey God and, and you're like, I, I don't know why God asked me to do that. <laughs> but you do it. Yeah. And... and and obedience to him, that's loving God. Sure, yeah. So. Yeah, there's a faith element involved there yeah. too. Thank you so much for listening to the Kerygma Ventures podcast. We'd love for you to join us next week as we continue to bring you conversations and messages that challenge you to live a life of grace and freedom, developing a thriving relationship with Jesus. If you enjoyed today's episode, would you share it with someone in your life who you know would be encouraged to hear it? Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.